for tuning in to It's Happening, a college career podcast hosted by staff from the Marquette University Career Services Center. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of our second season of It's Happening, a college career podcast. My name is Gracie Van Smakert, and I'm a career counselor. And I'm Maria Mostek, the Associate Director within our office in the Career Services Center. And today we have a very special guest, Dr. Jamie Robb. Welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners just a little bit right now? Gracie, hello, Maria. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Jamie Robb. As you said, I am a assistant professor in the Department of Communication Studies here at Marquette University. This is my first year as an assistant professor, and I'm very excited to be here at Marquette. Yeah, we're so happy to have you and welcome to Marquette. Welcome to Wisconsin. I understand that you used to live in a warm climate, so I would both like to apologize as well as welcome you to what winter is like in in the northern class. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So to kind of kick us off today, um, Jamie, we got to know you a little bit outside of this meeting, but we are hoping you could give us... Um, a little bit of information, just, you know, pretend it was an interview and we asked you, can you tell us about yourself uh, and give a little like synapsis of what you've been doing and uh, how you landed here at Marquette? Um, okay, synopsis. Keep this short, I will try. Uh, so, <laughs> as I said, I'm Jamie Robb. I hail from South Florida, as Gracie said, a little bit warmer <laughs> than Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> I grew up in South Florida for the most part. I immigrated to South Florida when I was 11 years old. I am originally from a place called Clarendon, Jamaica, and that's where I sort of originate from. I was raised here by my grandmother who in South Florida. That's where I went to high school. Um, I think I told you guys I went to a high school with four-day weeks, so that was always cool growing up. That shaped me in a lot of ways, never having to go to school mm-hmm. on Friday. Um, <laughs> I stayed local for my undergraduate experience. I went to a university called Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, Florida. I was a commuter student, and that was a really unique journey in terms of undergrad experience, but it taught me a lot, and it allowed me to... Um, work full-time, and also go to school, and that was a really unique experience that I value to this day. Um, After I graduated from the university, uh, or Florida Atlantic University, I went on to work at Kaplan University for a year before I decided that I wanted to torture myself and go back to grad school, (laughs) And, um, and that's when I decided that I would do the whole process of GRE, grad letters, and things of that sort. Um, And in about six months, I applied to the University of South Florida. I got accepted. And strangely enough, I was one of the only students to be accepted in a spring semester uh, for my master's program. And um, yeah, in three weeks after getting the announcement, I put in my two weeks notice, packed up all my stuff from South Florida and moved across the state of Florida uh, to University of South Florida. And that's where I've been for the last six years Uh, I started by doing my Mm. master's degree there, and that was just so much fun and so much torture that I had to go back for the PhD (laughs) program. Uh, But no, it was just, um, I really enjoyed the atmosphere that was at University of South Florida. I enjoyed the learning, but I also felt incomplete at the end of that journey. And I wanted to be, um, I wanted to continue my education in a lot of ways. And that's why I went on to the PhD program. Other than the school stuff, I am very much into sports of all kinds, playing, uh, watching. I play, I used to play before pre-COVID. I played pickup soccer a lot. (laughs) That's usually a way I make connections um, 
I enjoy watching TV. I, I, I'm currently watching uh, a TV show called Grand Army. Really insightful, really good. It gives a unique perspective on teenage experiences, and I think that's really valuable. Um, I'm also really into Stephen King novels. I'm currently reading, hmm. ironically, a, an oldie but a goodie called Dreamcatcher, and it's about four people who get trapped in a snowstorm. <laughs> in the middle of- oh, gosh, <laughs> and it feels very relatable at <laughs> this particular time. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I recently got into playing Fortnite just because it's a way to establish and maintain community with friends back home. And have conversations mm-hmm. around something that is, you know, it's different and fun, and it allows me to feel a little bit young. <laughs> so, um, in a nutshell, that's who I am. I enjoy. I oh god, man, I'm so sorry. I forgot my cat. I do have a cat, Katniss. She is, <laughs> she is my. We've met her. Yeah, she is. She's my partner <laughs> in crime. Um, <laughs> I enjoy cooking a lot. I, I cook almost every day. It's a, a part time hobby. I watch a lot of Food Network as well. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's my mo. Um, and I used to like gardening. Now I don't know if I can garden ever again <laughs> based on what's <laughs> happening here. Um, but in South Florida, I had quite a bit of uh, balcony garden experience that I used to enjoy. So um, that's me for the most part. I teach, I should probably say that again, I teach health communication in the Department of Communication Studies, and I also teach public speaking and ethics in human communication. Yeah, and that's me for the most part. Thanks for the overview of your education history and all of your hobbies. It sounds like you've managed to keep yourself busy, even in a pandemic and in a brand new place, because obviously you're new to Marquette and the Milwaukee area. Um, when you were talking, you mentioned that in your undergraduate, you were a commuter student, and then that really brought a lot of experiences and nuance to your college experience that maybe you didn't expect. So can you just fill us in a little bit more? What did, what did you feel like you learned or took away from that? Um, the first thing is sitting in South Florida traffic for a long time gives you a lot of time to think. So <laughs> I had a lot of deep reflections. No, but I, I think it's the responsibility that comes along with being a commuter student. I think one of those experiences was having an 8 a.m. class and having an hour commute to get to that class. It, it, it me aware, but also sure that I wanted to do this sort of degree, right? It made me uh, almost energized in regards to being able to say that um, I'm doing this for these particular reasons. And I'm very solidified in understanding that these are the reasons why I'm doing it. So the journey may, may have been challenging in a lot of ways, but it sort of reassured me that I was doing the right thing and that I wanted to be there. And I think that's the class that I was taking at 8 a.m. in the class was <laughs> classical rhetorical criticism. Oh and, boy. you know, when I, it, when I started taking it, I thought this was just going to be like a thing where I'm going to be sleeping every morning. But <laughs> I think when you when I started reading and then I was sort of energized to have the conversation that getting up at 7 a.m. didn't feel that much of a work. Right. So when I compared that to getting up at 7 a.m. and actually having to go to work, it, it made a lot more sense. And it, it sort of uh, made me realize why I'm doing this and why this is valuable to me. Um, But also I think being a commuter student, I think allowed me to work in the spaces that uh, allowed me to apply a lot of what I was learning, even something like classical rhetoric and utilizing those skills within the actual 
Best Buy workspace was something that was like I was able to leave school, talk about these things in class, and then go onto the sales floor and implement them, even in the most simplistic of ways, which is just like,、mm-hmm. oh, talk about someone's emotional response to the TV show they're watching and how that platonic idea becomes useful in an everyday conversation. So, I think those aspects of being a community stu- student really、uh, influenced me and shaped me, but it also allowed me to. Uh, realize that you know the journey is messy, but it's also productive and fruitful.、Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I I really like that perspective of like when something becomes more difficult is when you really have clarity about if this is something you're you're wanting to do with your life or your time or whatever it may be. Because sometimes if it comes so easily, you don't even get the chance to question if it's the right choice. Yeah, and、um, I think. As a first-generation college student, that was important to me, right? And and I think I saw a lot of my friends who dropped out and sort of took different paths with regards to their careers. But I realized that I needed to sort of take this step because it was not only important to me, but it was important to potential offsprings I have later on and, and things of that sort. So the legacy as well was also something that that journey allowed me to realize was also of value to me.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned working at Best Buy,、um, and you—I think you chimed in way earlier in your overview of like、mm-hmm. you worked in a lot of different places and worked a lot in undergrad.、Um, I'm curious to hear more about how you feel those experiences kind of shaped you or got you to、um, where you are now. Yeah, you know. Sometimes I get overly philosophical with these things in regards to <laughs> how the lived experience shapes the current experience, and I would say they all have. My first job in high school, I worked with, and you know, he's my neighbor. He owned a lawn care company, and he allowed me to work with him on the weekends. I didn't have school on Fridays, so I was able to do、uh, lawn work on and that those days as well. And I, I actually worked with him for a long time, even after.、Um, After I graduated from undergrad, I was still able to pick up some days where I made some extra money on the side, and I think that was one of the most valuable experience, for the most part, because I realized I do not want to work a job where I have to be out in the sun every day <laughs> with the intense labor that it required.、Um, but it also、mm-hmm. it's a level of tenacity that I learned from being out there and being with、okay. someone who, you know. He did something simple, if you will, for a job, but he took it very seriously, and he took patience in regards to making sure that every lawn was done correctly and making sure. And I think even those small、um, learning moments become useful, especially at sixteen, seventeen-year-old, to see work ethic like that and to be able to draw on it、um, uh, in unique ways. And I, I, after there, I my first first real. Job, the first real tax-paying job was at Cracker Barrel, <laughs> and、um, I worked as a greeter at Cracker Barrel for a year and a half, and that was a fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I it's the first place that calls you back for an interview, so you're like super excited for that, and you get the、okay. job, and it's just like,、yeah. oh my! And then you get the job, and you're like, what is really going to happen here at Cracker Barrel?、Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think honestly, that was one of the most impactful job for me. Mostly because I got to learn and work with a lot of older individual, and I'm gonna say clearly, a lot of older women, and they taught me a lot about interger- intergenerational communication. They offered me so much in regards to how to think about moving through the workspace as、uh, a team player, 
moving through the workspace as someone who is different, but is able to contribute in unique ways. And I think some of the most unique things they taught me were not to necessarily be, um, be afraid of the space, be afraid of being different in the space, being afraid of being someone who doesn't necessarily seem like they belong or should belong in that space, but to understand that your presentation, your, uh, interaction with people that becomes the sort of thing that people take away and that you know that was the central job of the greeter is to 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 create an atmosphere for those who walk into the space and i think that was really valuable for me to understand that even at times you can diffuse people in terms of their, their first initial reaction to seeing you versus the first thing you say to them and how the conversations emerge from that and i, I think that was very powerful um best buy was fun <laughs> to say the least i mean so much fun and <laughs> i i think about best buy in trivial ways at times because i got to you know i tell people all the time like i was one of the first people to appreciate adele's 19 because best buy <laughs> had it playing on the soundtrack all the time and and i i had this like, i knew her when I, yeah. right i remember when but um I, some of the small details of how to approach someone and start a conversation about nothing, right? And, and mm. how to engage someone mm -hmm. about uh, trivial things. My thing was always, if there's a guy walks in with a sports shirt, I'm selling him a TV, right? That, there, that point mm. of connection becomes clear. <laughs> and, and then it became things like, oh, if a mom walks in and she's talking about cooking, I know sort of cooking show narratives that I can sort of draw on in order to make connections. But even today, being in the classroom, I think one of the most valuable things is just the technological experience I gained from being working at Best Buy. I can troubleshoot the heck out of just anything in the classroom uh -huh. space, right? Knowing what to do if something goes down or knowing mm -hmm. exactly what might be the issue, I think those become valuable. When I was writing my dissertation, I didn't lose a file. Nothing crashed. I had backups for backups for backups. And I think those knowledge have become really, really valuable. Um, and, you know, I can keep going on. I, I think working at CBS Sports was where I ended up after Best Buy. That was also another fun job. And it made me realize that I did not necessarily want to do what I loved as a, a side passion for work. I loved sports. Mm -hmm. I loved talking about sports, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to do that work every day. And I think that was some ways to realize that um, my love doesn't necessarily always have to be completely intertwined with my career. And working at Kaplan, uh, working at CBS Sports before Kaplan really made me recognize that while I do love being around sports, I don't necessarily think that's the career I wanted to have just because I was very philosophical in nature. I, wanted, I didn't want to be as critical towards sports as I was to just about everything else in my life. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why. Um, but it yeah. also taught me that there is very dangerous risk of getting stuck in a career just because mm. it's fun and it's timely at the particular moment. And I think that was what I experienced at CBS Sports as well, is that it was fun. I was having... A blast, but there wasn't much opportunity for growth or a, a defined yeah. career role. So mm -hmm. it was very challenging. I think that was one of my first real adult decisions is to say that I'm going to give up this position. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a, a momentous step in my life because mm -hmm. it, one, got me back to uh, my next job at Kaplan, which eventually led me back to grad school, which I think was important. And if I never left CBS Sports, 
I don't think I would be a, a doctor here at Marquette today. So um, those things became important. And my last job was at Kaplan University. And that was really interesting job. It was my first adult job. I got paid well and benefits and things. I got dental insurance. Mm, <laughs> thrilling. Time, right? That's when you move <laughs> Which up. is thrilling. Yeah. It, it really when is. Thinking about those things. Yeah. Um, and I worked there for a year and it was great. I think I had a lot of real growth opportunity at CBS. I mean, at, at Kaplan University, but it was not rewarding work in my mind in terms of what I saw education as and what I hoped education to be. And I think I had a lot of moral challenges with regards to that sort of educational structure and my role as being a part of it. And it, I think that also energized me to go back to school and to think about how I can be a part of uh, doing education in the way I thought would be more productive and beneficial. So that is the long-winded way of me saying of how I went through these career sort of choices um, and what they've done for me, if you will. Yeah, that's really wonderful. And hearing about, like you mentioned it kind of jokingly at the beginning of like, you wanted more academic torture and so you went back to graduate school. Um, but then it also sounds like there's this really deep just curiosity and desire for intellectual engagement that it sounds like you were able to apply in all of your other roles. Um, how mm -hmm. did you end up knowing that you needed to go back for further study with ending up going into your master's and then ultimately a PhD? What was, what was that like? Um, how did I know? I would say is I was able to apply a lot of communication studies to my own life and see the actual influence and beneficial in regards to growth, but in regards to just perspective in terms of family communication, how I had communicate conversations with my grandmother and how to sort of enhance those conversation and seeing the productivity and realizing that, wait a minute, even the simplistic thing I've taken for granted is communication. I have a lot to learn about. And I think a lot of that became clear to me when I worked at Kaplan and seeing the the importance and value that a lot of people put on education and also seeing that in a lot of ways that was taken advantage mm -hmm. of as well in regards to having that importance and value. So um, <laughs> the answer I give all my grad student, my grad school friends is I read Plato and Plato told me that I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> That's why, <laughs> I, you know, reading the allegory of the cave was eye opening to say the least, because I, the question of, I don't know what I don't know became almost constant in my mind. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go back mm. to school because I felt unfulfilled in a lot of ways. And I think what was really important, and my friend said this, is if you're going to go home and read classical philosophy after a long day of work, you should just go back. <laughs> like, you should just go back. <laughs> like, you're just, you know, nobody does this. You're not going to be able to have these conversations with anyone. But I think the real, the real reason was seeing the growth potential, seeing what, I was capable do, of capable of accomplishing and, and capable of doing in terms of growth just with that undergrad experience that I really wanted to know what the graduate school experience would do for me. Yeah, I mean, you have said so much. I'm just like listening and processing, to be honest. <laughs> That's why I feel like I haven't jumped in. Um, and yeah, it sounds like just I, I love how you take some you've learned so many things from all the roles you've had like 
you have such a, a great positivity about all the things you've done and where they've led you. And I think that's really um, pretty refreshing, you know, because it's clear, like, you did all sorts of, yeah. if I can say it, odd jobs, right? You know, just like, it's not a clear line, you know, path of I, I'm an undergraduate student, and I'm going to go and become a, a professor someday. And some students know that, and that's great, but it doesn't. Um, yeah. I'd say it's not as common, right? Um, and I'd say your story is probably more in line with uh, the realities of just the world and trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, and, and, you know, even like pra- you, you really like put it into practice. You, it sounds like you talk to friends and families about your decision-making, like about going to grad school. Um, and, and I even heard like some values kind of coming through there, right? Like your interests, your love of sports was like, you thought, well, mm-hmm. maybe I should almost even try that as a job, which you did. And then kind of this realization, well, there's something missing or, you know, sometimes we talk to students, um, you know, frequently where you have a hobby, but you, you know, yeah. deep down, you don't necessarily want it to be a career. Right. And so like trying things out though, along the way can help you to, to bring clarity to maybe your, your assumptions or your feelings you're having. Yeah. To I, really I, just you know, Maria, I, I completely agree with regards to, you know, I like to think of them as layeredness. Like each career was almost important for the next one. Each sort of odd job was important for informing mm-hmm. the next one. And I don't think I, if I had not done any one of those, I would have been, I, no, I don't think I would be here. And each one sort of almost became, um, you had to grow this much and grow out of this space and move on. You had to grow this much, grow out of this space and move mm-hmm. on. And I think that was something that was, uh, I accepted very intimately. Like there's things I can learn working at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> there are things mm-hmm. that I, I've always embraced my ignorance, if you will, in a lot of ways. And, I think that's a really productive way to enter the, the job market is that you can learn things. Not, it might not be for right now, but you can apply them later on. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your, your story and you have so many great, I think probably qualities you're going to bring and continue to bring it to Marquette. Um, you sound like a person, like, if I was an undergrad student, I would be like, I need to talk to him. Like, he needs to help me tell me what to do with my life. So, um, so thank you for being on here and kind of just putting yourself uh, in the public space. And maybe you'll have some students reaching out to you um, mm-hmm. based on who's listening today. And if not, I, again, appreciate your, your time and look forward to working with you more thank you i i appreciate the work you all do there and i would love to talk to students i probably won't have any great practical advice but i'll speak (laughs) philosophically in a lot of ways and hopefully they can draw something out i think that they certainly will so here's your invitation email dr rob show up for office hours Uh, maybe you have some questions about communications majors minors i know that there's a new one a new minor if i'm not incorrect that could you fill us in or maybe our listeners what's that minor and um who might be interested in it correct so the department of communication studies will be starting a minor in health communication 
in the fall of 2021. Um, and this minor will be, it will be for anyone really in regards to who is interested in regard in health communication, but largely it will be for students in the medical field, nursing students, dental students, um, uh, pre-med students, and comm studies individual as well, individuals who see themselves as potentially working in the health related field. And this minor is just about um, in, enabling students, enabling uh, individuals to have a stronger understanding of the role communication plays in facilitating health information, but also health outcomes. And a lot of it is centered around understanding the complexities in the health space, but also understanding the complexities of communication and how the breakdown in that particular space becomes consequential in a really, really dramatic way. So, um, a lot of different perspectives that will be taken in different courses, like the HealthCom course is a general survey course. And that way we'll talk about different aspects of health communication, like doctor-patient communication and how those breakdowns usually emerge, or health campaigns, what are some of the strategies and uh, uh, communicative exchanges that go into a health campaign, or talking about uh, marginality and the ways in which different socioeconomic groups receive health information and how that creates different health outcomes for them. So that course is more geared towards surveying the health field, as opposed to more uh, niche course, which will be in regards to health campaigns in general and how to design, implement, strategize a health campaign or um, doctor-patient communication in regards to how we can better serve each other in that space in regards to being a provider, but also being a patient who expects to be heard and uh, mm -hmm. and sort of interacted with in a real way. So uh, dare I say HealthCom is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also it sounds cool it, when you're talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's also very applicable. A lot of the things we talk about in the course is about becoming more health literate in regards to how you navigate, understand and make sense of your health and wellness, but also nego negotiating, navigating all the convoluted health information out there right and there is so much and it seems to be growing exponentially like uh, currently we talk about influencers on instagram and how mm -hmm. influencers have reshaped the way we configure and think about health and what that does to our sort of perception as we move forward so yeah it's um very interesting to say the least i think it's fun uh, to talk about uh, health communication and if anyone wants to check out the minor or just wants to, you know, take it as an elective course, please feel free. I think we'll have some great conversations. Definitely. Well, thanks for explaining that. And again, thank you for your time. It's been so great to get to know you today. Um, another warm welcome to Marquette since you're new to this community and so excited to see all the wonderful things that I'm sure you'll accomplish now that you're a golden eagle, <laughs> as well as all the wonderful things you've already accomplished. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. all the Career Services Center staff at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening.